Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wawandri land of the Kulin Nation, people whose sovereignty was never ceded, stolen land. We extend our respects to elders and freedom fighters past, present and into the future. My guest today is Daz Chandler, curator of a special multidisciplinary arts event taking place this Sunday called Vigil for the Smooth Handfish. The event aims to provide a space to contemplate loss, grief, parameters of care, radical hope, and collaborative survival. Thank you for joining us, Daz. Thank you, Brendan. It's a pleasure to be here. Where did the idea come from? The first thing you should know is that I'd never heard about the smooth handfish, but I'm doing work as part of a collective called The Parallel Effect, and we're actively trying to break through, I guess what you could say is the rigid siloing of of disciplines, you know, because there's a lot of that where artists produce work for artists, where scholars might do the most amazing research, but it's only read by other academics, where poets only get to perform for other poets. With the parallel effect where a bunch of artists who are actively collaborating with scientists with scholars, with people at the forefront of tech. And because of that, and um, because of vanity in that I don't want to sound too out of my depth, I took out a subscription to Scientific American, which I read all the time. And that's how I first heard about the smooth handfish and its extinction. And it filled me with an extraordinary sense of dread and grief almost simultaneously. Um, and I wasn't quite sure why that particular news had affected me as much as it did, particularly given, you know, 200 species are declared extinct now each day. But I kind of sat with it and examined it for a while, and, um, and I was thinking about all the losses and, and crises that we all experience on a daily basis now. And what we do with that, what do you do with all the sadness that's so pervasive right now? So I think that's where the idea came from. I was interested in exploring that. And I think it's important to create spaces where we can congregate and contemplate these losses in order to pay tribute to them. Now, what exactly is a smooth handfish? Yeah, so the smooth handfish basically is a marine fish, a bony fish that has hands that it uses to propel itself or had hands that it used to propel itself along the the sea floor. Indigenous to the seas around Tasmania, in particular near Hobart, and quite unique in that their habitat is constrained to quite a small area And what the other really sort of horrific thing about the smooth handfish's story is that when it was discovered by a French dude, his name was Perron in the 1800s, 
the smooth handfish was so plentiful that he didn't really think much of it upon sighting the smooth handfish. So he took a fairly um, average scientific drawing of it and um, took a sample of one of the fish. And that is actually now the only illustration that remains of the smooth handfish's existence as we know it. And the holotype that Perron made is the only, um, the only thing that we have remaining of the smooth handfish today. The other species of handfish are seriously endangered. So you've got the red handfish, the spotted handfish, for instance, and they're so hard to find because, as I kind of touched on very briefly, all the handfish species, irrespective of which subspecies we're referring to, live within a very particular and small area that they've decided is their habitat and they do not venture outside of that, which means that any subtle changes that occur to that habitat, be they from global warming as a result of climate change, from dredging, from other human activities, pollution, etc., have an immediate and direct impact on the quality and longevity of life. So what will a vigil for an extinct handfish look like? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I've spent the past few months putting this together from my flat in Melbourne over lockdown and I guess I kind of went at it rather hard um, <laughs> because in the process of being cooped up for several months, it really did feel like the world was getting smaller. So I kind of just went for it and I, I wrote to people that I admire all over the world and, and asked, you know, if they'd be interested in contributing to this vigil for the smooth handfish. And much to my delight, but mostly to my surprise, I have to say, they, they pretty much all said yes. Um, and, and so those contributions look quite different. They're, they're quite special and, and far-reaching. Um, and, I, and I guess that's because of the individual contributors. You know, there are, there are, this, this, there are lots of poets, for example, but the poets are very different and are all, as, as poets tend to be, and are all interested in, in different topics that they have decided to uniquely riff off that I suppose underpin some of the themes about this event, exploring sort of whether grief can be transformative, exploring the notion of what it means to be extinct, those sorts of ideas. But then you've also got other people joining the vigil who are biological anthropologists, for example, who will be speaking to what bereavement looks like outside the human arena, how bereavement occurs within the animal kingdom and what that looks like. Then there'll be ecologists and conservationists. Um, Dorian Sagan, for example, Carl Sagan and Lynn Magalis's child, um, who is an extraordinary writer and ecologist in his own right, was particularly moved by this idea to have a vigil for the smooth handfish and has written 
a poem which he refers to as a science poem and he's performed it and he's kind of channeling Ginsberg in a way. It, it's quite an extraordinary thing and it, and it sort of explores um, the Gaian hypothesis, this idea that we are all a part of this interconnected thing, that the biosphere is this all-amazing, all-consuming power. Master Shuang, Shuang Zhu, in the 4th century BC, went to sleep and dreamed he was a butterfly. When he woke up, he wondered if he was a butterfly dreaming he was a man. The flying and flitting about had stopped, and instead of wings, he had arms, heavy arms. Instead of the exquisite scents of flowers among whose orgasmic molecules he once fluttered, he now smelled pork grease and scallion and frying wonton. He yawned, and a pulse went down the bone by which he was symmetrically bisected. And when he looked at his outstretched wings, he saw only the colorful silks of a Taoist bedroom and the strange fingers that made up his hands. As honey stickily dripped into his jasmine tea, his heart lightly thundered and his spoon reflected the moonlight. I may very well be a butterfly dreaming, he thought. And the honey in the light became the 10,000 things, each reflecting the others. That was Dorian Sagan, with a sample of what you can expect from this Sunday's vigil for the smooth hand fish. This is the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack, and I'm talking with Daz Chandler about curating a global event about species extinction in the midst of a pandemic. I think what's what's been really interesting about this period of time is that because this virus has managed to thwart those daily routines, we feel like we're stuck to these adhesive systems, you know, that we can't actually extract ourselves from them because of money, because of rent, you know, because of all the things that we within these systems need to be able to survive within them. And I think what the pandemic has afforded all of us is a circuit breaker. And as a result of that circuit breaker, um, we're seeing with renewed lenses what the realities we're living really do look like and the disparities that exist have really come to the forefront. You know, obviously it's going to be significantly easier for people who have a job that enables them to work from home to survive a pandemic. It's going to be significantly easier for people who have a particular amount of wealth to live at home for an extended period of time. Uh, and, and so I think it's been a really important thing to happen at this point in history. It's been an incredibly tragic and heartbreaking thing to happen, of course, too. But I think that there are positives that we can take from it in terms of reassessing where we're at and perhaps reimagining, 
where we want to be and, and how we can get there collectively. Because I think the other thing that this has done is, you know, it's reminded us all of our own mortalities and, and how vulnerable and fragile everything truly is. I've read the saying, tongue-in-cheek, but quite pointed. You think a pandemic is tough. Wait till you see climate change. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly right. You know, and, and this is something that I think is really interesting about what some of the contributors have chosen to explore as part of the Vigil for the Smooth Handfish. They're looking at the parameters of care. You know, how far can we and indeed should we cast that net, you know, in, and still remain functional and productive for our, for our family, for our community? Um, without becoming paralysed through anger or, or grief. But it's true. I mean, there are so many climate change refugees already. The situation is utterly dire. And it's very hard not to feel powerless by it all. You know, and, and when that powerlessness is teamed with an innate and extraordinarily volatile anger through the frustration of, you know, I guess the awareness that the powers that be really don't want to do anything when they have the capability to do so. It, 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 is, very, it is very tricky. I mean, what, what do you do and how, how do we support the people that are, are most vulnerable in all of this? And, and, and all of these ideas are are questions that I don't know that anyone really has the answers to, but I think it is extraordinarily important for us to explore them, to contemplate them, and to do so collectively. I'm Jane Hirschfield, and I joined this vigil for the smooth handfish from a cottage in the San Francisco Bay Area in California on the hem of Mount Tamalpais, whose original elders were the Miwok people, the coastal redwoods, the salmon, and innumerable nameless beyond. Let them not say. Let them not say we did not see it. We saw. Let them not say we did not hear it. We heard. Let them not say they did not taste it. We ate. We trembled. Let them not say it was not spoken, not written. We spoke, we witnessed with voices and hands. Let them not say they did nothing. We did not enough. Let them say, as they must say something, a kerosene beauty, it burned. Let them say we warmed ourselves by it, read by its light, praised, and it burned. That was a sample of Jane Hirschfield's contribution. Who are some of the other contributors to the vigil? One of the really interesting contributors that springs to mind just following on from that last comment is Vivian Sansour. Vivian Sansour is the founder of the Palestine Heirloom Seed Library and based in a village inside Palestine called Beit Sahur, and she's worked as an artist and also in agriculture now for the over the last decade. She's very interested in exploring 
how seeds carry a very real and very true and powerful history. And so she's looking to sort of trying to basically create this seed library so that people, when they're already sort of threatened for a host of other reasons, can hold on to a very integral part of their heritage, agricultural and otherwise. And the contribution that she's making, I find quite inspiring for those reasons. Then there are, you know, people who are just such, like they're the stalwarts of, of activism um, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to biological diversity, people like Vandana Shiva, who is one of the most fierce campaigners and food sovereignty advocates, I think, that has ever lived. And, and she offers some extremely encouraging words for everyone attending the vigil. And then you've got people like, yeah, Benjamin Gilmore, and he, he made a film called Jerga, which some of your listeners might be familiar with. It was quite an interesting film that was created in Afghanistan and tells the story of um, a guilt-ridden white Australian soldier who returns to Afghanistan following his service to basically apologise for having served in the war. And it's a very interesting exploration of colonialism, of occupation, of empire, and of privilege. Um, and Ben decided to respond to this vigil by examining his own personal parameters of care. And it's quite confronting, actually, because he's very honest about where they end for him. And why? And I think perhaps if we all look in the mirror, we'd find that it it may not be as far reaching for each and every one of us as we would like to think. And Chris Bonney, I noticed, is in there. Chris, when I was talking to him about doing this vigil, I asked him whether he'd care to contribute. And then he came back and he said, I'm going to tell you a story that was told to me when I was a child. It's a story from my father's country and it's extremely precious to me and it's about sustainability. And it, it's an amazing story. And the way he tells it, it's, um, it's filmed in his, in his backyard and he, just, he does it straight down the barrel. There's no teleprompter, there's nothing. It's just straight from the heart and you genuinely feel like you're there with him and he's sharing this 130,000-year-old dreaming story with you. And it's, um, it's goosebump-making. It really is. It's, it's really, really wonderful. And I, and I feel unbelievably lucky to be able to share it with audiences. I want to tell you a Nalanjali dreaming story that goes, dates back 130,000 years. It's a story about sustainability. And it's a story about your values of sharing and looking after each other. This story is called Thukuri, the bream, or the bony bream. It's a story that is from Nalanjali country, which is in the Koorong of South Australia, where the River Murray meets the ocean and forms a 150-kilometre lagoon, inland lagoon, of fresh water and salt water. 
and there's this fish, Fookery, that is prized. It's a story about two men, two brothers. They're from the community. They decide to go hunting and fishing for food, for dinner. So they set off in the canoes and they paddled out. And then they found this great sheltered spot where they thought they'll park their canoe. So they set up and they started putting the fishing lines in and they caught one fish. And then they caught another fish. And then they caught another one. Hey, and they kept on catching fish. These fish were jumping out saying, I want to be eaten. So they just kept on going and the sun setting started to set and the pole of fish grew on the canoe. Actually made the canoe shake a bit, a bit up wobbly. And so they thought, hey, let's go back and we'll have a feast with the family. And so they put their mat on the fish to cover it and they started canoeing back, a bit rocky, and then they come to shore and as they were coming to shore, they saw this fella walking up, this old man, and he kept on coming closer. And they're thinking, hey, who's this? So they looked at the fish, made sure that it was all covered so no one could see. And then as they got closer, the old man goes, hey, how are you going? I'm a bit hungry, I haven't eaten for days. Can you spare me some fish, please? That was the beginning of the story that Chris Bonney will share in this Sunday's global community event, Vigil for the Smooth Handfish. My guest today is Daz Chandler, curator of the event. How do we get to the event? It'll be taking place across multiple time zones, but for for us here, um, we can tune in by going to handfishvigil.com from 3 p.m. this Sunday, the 22nd of November. Um, And it is in the spirit of a a true congregation. So there will be an opportunity to connect with others via a live chat feature and share your experiences about living through these weird times and sort of relating to these daily extinctions and profound losses and, and what to do with that, how to sit with that. I share this with you as I'm dying. I was to be dead before I was born. So are you and were you? It's the nature of things, the nature of nature, the nature of all breathing. Suffocating unwaveringly, winding hopefully, but always truly unwinding. A perpetual march toward becoming unbeing, ticking with a predestined talk. We are willful, hopeful, wanting, straining, stretching toward the next notch, on the doorframe, on the bedpost, on to the next something. So mired in the minutia of doing, avoiding notions of impermanence, of the eventual supernova that is in of all things.
That was the Letter String Quartet, featuring Marita Dyson from the Orb Weavers, and before that, the voice of Ivana Dash, with a sample of a spoken word piece that will feature in the vigil for the smooth handfish this weekend. I'm speaking with Daz Chandler, who's curated this event, which contemplates species extinction, loss and grief, with contributors from all around the world. Has the experience changed you, do you think? I think it has. I think it has. I am quite public about describing myself as a reluctant misanthrope. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. I, I say that with sadness, actually. Um, I, I've always been very interested in stories about people. And a lot of my work in documentary filmmaking has been inspired by characters by people and the work that they're doing or the the life that they're living but having said that I also feel like it's very difficult for me most of the time to feel genuinely optimistic about the direction we're headed and I, and I mean that I'm talking as human beings, as as a species. And I think history, unfortunately, also uh, serves my way of thinking. So I think that this experience of curating the Vigil for the Smooth Handfish has actually, in many ways, made me realise that there are so many people feeling similarly and so many people who actively want to bear witness to these times, to the decisions that are being made, and also find a way to do something irrespective of those things, to do something positive. And I, and I think that's been a medicine for me, absolutely. 
Thank you for being on the show. It's been great to chat with you. Thanks, Brendan. The vigil for the Smooth Handfish is happening online on Sunday the 22nd of November 2020 from 3pm in Nam or Melbourne. The event is free. And to participate, all you need to do is go to www.handfishvigil.com and click the register button. This has been the Spoken Word Show on 3CR. Please join us every Thursday at 9 o'clock on 8.55am or streaming from 3cr.org.au. To take us out, some music from Zoe Keating, who will also be performing at the visual. I am Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening.